Good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 150 of the Endless Celts podcast. Hope you're all well. Happy Monday. Not, not, no, no blues this Monday after the result of the weekend, which we'll dive into. But um, on this other side of the, the coin, the, the night is Stephen. He's he's and contributing instead of uh, asking all the questions. So it'd be good to hear your uh, your thoughts. How are you, Stephen, mate? I'm all good, man. All good. Busy day at work, like yourself, William. But back here. Sitting till now, talking Celtic Monday night. What could be better? Brilliant, mate. I right. uh, let's fire into all the usual stuff. The the Super Six. Sean Ross is still sitting top, under 122 points ahead of Franny, which is great. We just want we didn't want Franny to win, so we don't really care yeah. who else gets in there. So Sean, well done, mate. Uh, Kevin Hampsey and Alistair Jack are tied for third, and it's James Bowie. And it's myself. Uh, then Roscoe's Roscoe's climbing up there. We Ross is seventh. Jamie McAdoff ninth. Kevin Gallagher uh, ninth. Sorry, Jamie McAdoff eighth. And Ryan Taylor heading up the top ten. Uh, sponsors again, guys. Beer fifty two. Uh, I thanked the whole lot the last time I was on. It was lovely. <laughs> really enjoyed it. It was great. You know what the day yeah. we've done. We said it before. That uh, beer fifty two dot com forward slash celts. It's all along the ticker on the bottom there. Get on it. Give it a try. I think you only need to pay the, the postage for the first one, so try the first one. Uh, enjoy it. I really did. Uh, I'm just going to pass over to Stephen because obviously there was certain events happened over the weekend and I just and, and he wanted to say a few words. So fire away, Stephen, mate. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's all aware of the, the gas explosion in Donegal and Cresslock. Um, tragic event that killed 10 people. And we at the end of this podcast want to pass over our condolences to their families, their friends, and the wider circle as well, Donegal. And the village and community of Cresslock is a tragic event. And just today, Celtic Foundation announced they're going to be donating ten thousand pounds to that like relief effort, which is fantastic to hear. All the support's welcome, and we're all behind you, people in Donegal and Cresslock. Definitely, mate. Well said. Aye, it was uh, sad news, and it was it was actually really nice to see that Celtic have um, have done that and contributed in a certain way. So, yeah, really good. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the team at hand uh, the weekend it was looking grim for about 40 seconds <laughs> and then we come back because we never stop uh, you always give me the uh, give me to give a wee brief summary of the game so Stephen I'll leave you at What's a, what was your brief summary of the game brief summary of the game I said in the chat beforehand that we needed to win that game no matter how, how ugly it was, to be honest, because it was one of them things that we needed to kind of get out of that sticky patch of form, which, to be honest, we're still probably in, if, if we're cynical about it. Um, the likes of Motherwell, Leipzig, and leading up to St. Johnson having great performances, but the results at the end of the day is what matters, especially in the league title. I love the whole um, Hugh Keevans thing that went on, oh, that he he said we imploded, and then a minute later we go up the pitch and we score that goal. I mean, you're right, William, we never stop. We've seen the um, the thing as well at Dingwall when we scored in the 97 minute Ralston come up with a header so these games are what we're going to look back on at the end of the season if results keep going our way these would be the ones that we'll be talking about at the end of the season review when we do it for the podcast and that was a turning point this is what catapulted Sally to a great next run of results touch wood at the desk here but I mean in, in regards to the performance itself it was sticky at patches a lot of changes trying to find that fluid movement players interchanging getting used to each other. It was good to see uh, Carter Fickers back. I know you're going to touch on him being captain, which I thought was a surprise choice. Yeah. But ov- overall, uh, uh, a, a team performance, a sticky win, we'll take it at the minute. 
definitely, mate. I, I mean, I think Tony said it last week when we were on. Um, he ran through a big a run of results where it was only fine margins and a, a goal winning it here and there, and it was in the invincible run. And like you said, nobody ever remembers that. We just remember the titles, and these are the games that win you titles. These last minute winners, like you said, Ross County last year was another one. Dundee United, we when we did yep. our end of season uh, review, they were they were the big turning points of the season that we look back on. And for me, if it's like something like a last minute winner like that is is probably a bigger boost to the team than winning six 0 and and all the rest of it. So, um, I don't know if you've seen Stephen when you're chatting there. I was putting a few comments up. Lots of love. You put um, them up. Yep. Everybody saying about the uh, prayers with the families yeah. and stuff like that. It's brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. Um, so, aye, into the game, lots of changes, uh, we'll delve into the, we'll delve into them individually, but um, I'm going to start with Haksabanovic, number 10, because a certain okay. uh, podcast contributor mentioned it last week that he thought that might be the case, i never seen that coming myself, mate, how did you think he fared in there? Well, I mean, to be fair, I called the score prediction right. And Haxabanovich at number did. ten, so I'll take you I'll did, take mate. both victories there. I mean Haxabanovich, he, he played I think well, nineteen out of his twenty seven games for Ruben Gazan at centre attacking midfield, and I thought to be fair, O'Reilly for me, I know he dropped back in position, but he doesn't ha- hasn't quite hitting the heights at that position. And obviously with the injury to McGregor, you're going to need to fill that mid- midfield somehow. So Haxabanovich for me was a natural choice coming in. We all know his flexibility. I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant, and we kind of touched upon it last night. The stats drop for anyone who hasn't seen it. We kind of try to stay away from this game, but um, Stuart Ross was pointing out the fact that he was attacking from deep. He was kind of going around all the possessions left, centre, right. He was linking up really well, and I, I seen you put in the chat uh, uh, yesterday. You didn't like him in that position, which I thought no, to me was, during the game, was quite I'm surprising. Going to go into that as well. I, 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 I'm going to go I thought as well, like he he was like a driving force. He was picking up positions and he made that run into the box and obviously led to the goal. Uh, the first one, I, I thought he actually played well, albeit, <laughs> I wish, <laughs> albeit, I don't think he's blessed with natural pace. But what he what I've said before and I'll say it again, he reminds me of this a more technical Chris Commons. The way he holds the ball, he can shoot with both feet, he can link up play, and if he keeps playing there, I mean the RB legacy. Like say again, come up tomorrow night. Be interesting, willing to see who's playing that number ten position because I thought he played excellent. I agree, mate. I I, I did put in the chat the first half. Um, I wasn't as keen on him there because I think he's better coming off off the wide, uh, off the line. But um, he was picking up the wee pockets of space, and like you said, you mentioned that Commons um comparison a week or so ago, and I didn't see it, but I did. To be fair to you, mate, in that game where he was coming short and taking it and. He was dropping the shoulder and just beating a man with the, with the first touch. I was very impressed with him. I, I, I do still stand by, I, I think his best work's done in the, in, on the line, but he was given free roll and he was popping up in certain places. And for the first goal, he was he was obviously excellent in what, in what he did there. Do you not think, though, do you not think on, on the wing his, his lack of pace kind of hampers him? Because watching him in European football when he played against Shakhtar, he looked really lethargic and slow. But no. sometimes, like them type of players for me, they can take the ball and make a quick movement, a one-two with a striker, and then they're in position to score a goal rather than be on the wing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, mate. I just prefer him coming in off the wing, though, a bit like what Jota yeah. does, but coming inside and doing that as well. But uh, listen, I, I, I definitely, I, I wasn't for it the first half of the game, but by the end of it, it was, it definitely turned me, mate. So you've got, a, you've got a winner in that because I thought he was, I did think he was excellent. <laughs> um, another few of the boys coming in. I wanted to touch on Burnaby 
because uh, I thought he had an excellent game as well, uh, getting forward and then obviously for the, the cross for the uh, the winner as well. But I, I really, and you know I'm a big Greg Taylor fan, but I thought Burnaby came in and he was excellent and I'd love to see a bit more of him. How do you think he fared as well? I like Burnaby. I really like him. I mean, to, on the end of the Stats Drop episode yesterday, we've done like a kind of player focus on Greg Taylor and talked about all his exploits and how well he's done, his stats, his data. That's all fantastic. And we know Burnaby's troubles settling in in Glasgow. We can't hide away from that. He, he's done a few naughty things, let's say, William. But, I mean, if he puts his head down, he came in yesterday out of the cold. Do you know what I mean? And you, you would expect the player maybe to play probably a 6 out of 10, whatever, and kind of hide away in the game, try and play the simple passes. But every time he got the ball, he was looking forward. He was taking players on, which I thought was great to see. He was getting to the byline. He was whipping balls oh, yeah. in. And he, he was coming into the inverted fullback road really well. And what yep. what's more pleasing to me to see as well, it's not as if he's been on the training ground huffing that he's not getting the game. He's learning. And you can see that for, throughout that whole game yesterday. And McDermott Park, regardless if it's an easy venue for Celtic in the past, this is now. Do you know what I mean? We haven't been in a great one of form and sticky parts and he's come in. And he, he was a really bright spark for me against Johnson. I thought when he, at the end of the game, even though he's probably out on his feet, to get that final bit they kind of whipped that ball in and Yakimakis came in at the, the front post and, and nicked the goal at the end. It was fantastic. And I think Greg Taylor has a, a competition in his hands here because we all thought that's another great point by Podrick. Left wing back, if we're going to a back three as well, maybe in European football, you could exploit that and kind of change formation and tweak it a bit. But for the performance yesterday, just in that back four, and, and, and beside the likes of Welsh and, and do you know what I mean, trying to keep that in check, I thought, I thought he played really, really well. I was really impressed. Yeah, I think um, he's excellent going forward, and he's 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 got a great cross on him. Which we were, when we've signed him, that was the that was the he was meant to be great at set pieces, and he had a good cross on him. And I think in games like that, especially domestically, where we have a lot of the ball, I think he's going to really excel. Um, do you think in Europe that Greg Taylor's still the shoe in because he's a bit more solid defensively, or do you see us going forward that Bernabe might be getting a chance? Or well, I think in Europe we could possibly play Bernabe higher up. And put Greg Taylor behind him, because I think mm-hmm. Burnaby has great pace. He, okay. I can see that he has a bit of skill. And for me, if if I know it's a, a wild card here, fought in imagination from myself. But if Yada's injured and you're looking for that work rate up and down the left hand side, Burnaby made on the right. There's plenty of work rate there. And I know he's played there before for his club in Argentina, coming for the ranks for the the international club as well. He's very versatile up and down the, the left hand side. As Podrick said, he's played part of a wing back kind of road, kind of moving up further into the midfield. So. It'd be interesting. I mean, if you're looking to shut up shop and kind of bring him into play, Burnaby could play ahead of Taylor. But in European football at the moment, I think Greg Taylor gets the nod. You can't drop him. I mean, I know he was out yesterday for a rest, I believe. I think Greg Taylor's solid. And I know I know there's plenty of people pointed to the fact that Leipzig's uh, wingers exploited him for his, his weakness of being short and not being tall. And he was getting dragged around and... But again, like when you kind of calm down about that, you can look at that while that's happening. Greg Taylor hasn't been exposed to that level of football. Yeah, we're coming through relatively unscathed from the domestic league, so there is an up kind of trajectory for Greg Taylor. And playing for Scotland is, is going to benefit him as well. Playing more games in that level, I would stick with Greg Taylor for now. But it'd be quite interesting to see if Postecoglou might want to throw Burnaby in ahead of him just to be a bit more solid. You never know; it could happen. I'm just saying. I think I would like to see a bit more of him domestically, definitely. I thought he's looked he looked excellent. And it's an interesting point you make about him playing left wing, because I never thought about it. Because we've got so many wingers. Um I sometimes I feel like with the, the style we don't get enough width 
because the, the, these guys like to float about and come in the middle a bit more. And I know that's what the wing backs are for. So it's an interesting point. But um, I'm going to come on to next um, Tony Ralston. I thought he had another excellent game. I think every time he's came in, he's been superb. But there's been there's been shouts about Juranovic um, not being at his best recently, and and Ralston uh, maybe coming in. And we were touching up before that the stats drop, guys. I know Stephen's mentioned it a few times. If you get a chance, go back and watch it because it's great. Uh, it's great viewing. It's really interesting uh, for me. Uh, there was a lot, of, and this is why I love about our podcast and the personal debate and the opinions because Ralston, <laughs> the chat on it was I don't want to give too much away, but the stats it looked like Ralston was pipping Juranovic. Um, but but people were still in agreement that Juranovic should, should play. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. So if you get a chance, go and watch it. What did you think of Ralston, first of all? And also, Podrig says this. I want to bring this up because this has been um, a lot of chat about this recently. Because we're going to go on yeah. to a lot about what Calmac uh, being out and whoever's going to take this number six role. But first of all, what, what did you think of Ralston? And second of all, what do you think about that? Because there's been a lot of chat about that recently, uh, about Juranovic playing in a number six. Yeah, I mean... The whole Nuranovic Ralston debate, it's quality to be honest, because yesterday we've done the, as you said, the stats. And some people don't really care about stats. It's more of an eye test and who looks better in the eye. And Nuranovic wins that all day long, let's be honest. He looks more flashy, more technical, can it's quicker on him and stuff like that. But in every area of the pitch, passing, duels one, tackles one, breaking up play, long ball, short balls, assist, Ralston beats him. And it's not just by a bit, he's beating him quite. Quite handsomely, and some of them positions in terms of numbers. I, th- I thought it was interesting hearing the guys speak about it yesterday as well. Even they, even though they're in the stats, they wanted to see Juranovic because, again, it's personal bias, isn't it? You fall into one, either Ralston or Juranovic. Yeah. For me, I still I want Juranovic to start majority of the games. I was just merely pointing out the fact previously in some podcasts that he hasn't been the same player for me. And I don't know if that's maybe an issue with his head or the, his agents talking in his ear during the window and He's kind of had his heart somewhere else because it was very, very much talk about him leaving from the very early days of that transfer window right mm-hmm. up to the end of it. And you don't know where his head is at. And there's Monty coming in the comments, XD, XA, shite, that's fair enough. <laughs> but again, it's, it's, just, it's just numbers, isn't it, big man? But um, yeah, Ralston, I thought he played well. He's always solid, isn't he? He, he gets seven and ten. He won, He got that year contract and he's took it by the horns and he's kind of... He's... he's um, He's a very like, solid going forward as well. I think Yakimakis prefers playing with Ralston because he gets the ball into the box like straight away. Yeah. But uh, for me, for, for me, it's again, it's personal bias. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm Willie. I would start him the majority of the games, but that just depends on his form. If his form's down, then you have to bring Ralston in. And I don't think there's a big, massive gap between them, to be honest. I mean, again, the numbers show that Ralston's ahead in every department, which is quite... Quite funny, isn't it? Because you look at some of the games, you're like, Gorilovic played really well. He was dropping in the midfield, he was playing balls, and but he has no assists or he has no contributions to go forward. But when Ralston plays, it's different. He gets an assist or he's involved in the attacking movements yeah. and all that type of stuff. But in terms of the Gorilovic playing number six, now you know I'm all for thinking outside the box in terms of tactics and what could happen. And I, I, I'm not averse to it. I know he played there for Lego Warsaw before he came to us for a while. And I think he played most of his youth career at um, centre midfield as well, with the likes of obviously in the Croatian national team and coming up for the ranks. And it'd be interesting. The only issue would have if you're going to throw him in for the first time he's played that in a, in a year or so, might be a bit daunting if you're up against the likes of in Kuku dropping deep or Timo Werner coming in. Who do you make, who do you pick up? Who do you drop back and sit on? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't think it's the right time to try it with him. 
maybe experiment in a, in a cup competition mm-hmm. or whatever to see if he can still do that role. But it just gives me the fear a wee bit that Postecoglou might be leaning towards that. Do you know what I mean? Giving them a rest there against the Johnson. Ralston getting the full 90 under his belt for a bit of game time. Is that him pointing to the fact that maybe Iranovic might fill in number six position? You know what? You know Postecoglou's mind. He's pro, he's all over the show. Like, aye, I know. I like, I, and see for me, even a wee bit like, like even when you were saying about Burnaby there, and, and I know it's just another thought, but for me, it feels like well, everybody's trying to put round holes and square pegs. You know, I get like we talked about uh, the other season there with Lennon and that as well, where it was like playing players where we've got at least two players in each position. We've been all we've all been talking about how good our squad is. So why are we trying mm-hmm. to? put somebody here, there and everywhere and I thought it was interesting because this is what the next point's going to be about and it's Mr Matt O'Reilly playing in a number 6 on uh, Saturday afternoon when I seen the team I thought it was all day long it was Hatate was going to be in there because I, one I think he's better in the tackle, two I think he's got a better engine and he's got the, the passing range as good as anybody on our team, um, I thought he'd have been shooing for, for the number 6 and when we started playing I was like Matt O'Reilly's number 6 it was a strange one for me, also because we've got three or four on the bench who are number sixes. We had Abogard and Moyes and and McCarthy's. I thought it was really interesting. What did you make of it? And were you surprised? And what what do you not think that one of these other guys should have been starting there? And do you think it's going to be like that in the future, or do you think he's going to stick with Aurelian in number six? Well, I mean, it's it's quite. The thing that he started in there. So there must have been a, a point to prove to see if he could play that system. I thought, for me, in my opinion, it didn't really suit him. You didn't really see the best of, of Matt already in that position. I thought, like what you said, sorry, Hatate would be playing there because of his passing and the way he could take the ball in and dip the shoulder and be the player. Where Matt already, for me, doesn't really have that. He's more like an elegant player to the, the top end of the pitch where he can, he can find that really needle ball through and kind of take players out of possession and strikers fall into that hole and stuff. But, and, and I know what he was trying to do because maybe you could say he's like Cal McGregor in a sense where he plays a nice simple pass and he keeps the ball ticking. But the way I'm looking at this one is pace and he doesn't have it. If he lost the ball in that position against the Leipzig, he's exposed, 100% exposed. And Kaiser saying there, just think with the system in his hands, said switch the players, switch the players, change the look of the football. 100%. I think what Alan's possibly called do as well, he has players who can fill in different roles. Do you know what I mean? They're all versatile. But Matt already for me, I don't don't think he suits the number six. I was surprised, and I think you're right. Hatate is far better in the tackle. He, he can track a player. He can he can spot a player's movement. I've seen that on numerous occasions, even in European football. Even though we've come up short recently in it, but it's. It, I mean, would you be confident going into that RB Leipzig game with with uh, already at six? I I just no, not for me. No, I didn't. I didn't like him in, in there against Johnston. I didn't want him in there. It's, it's a strange one for me. I can see what he was trying to do. Because he wanted to get Haksabanovic in there, um, mm. and playing a number ten. So, but I it was a strange one for me, especially like I say when you've got Abogard and and you. I mean, the, you guys were all saying on Friday that Abogard was in the presser with Ange, so he's he assured he was starting Saturday and then he's on the bench. And I thought I thought he looked pretty assured when he came on, but I it was just it was just really really strange one for me. Um, and I know we're going to have a lot of the ball against teams like this, and you're bang on with what you're saying where how. Um, He's he's put him there because he's passing range and he can he can he can find a ball and and but just for me it's I don't think I think that person should be also like he can do all that but he needs to be like that defense for your defense um and yeah. that that's yeah. no matter really for me at all so 
I thought it was strange, but we're talking about Hatate again. I, I thought he was unreal again. What did you think of yeah. his performance? I, I think he's like closing in a man of the match every week, and he's, he, if not being our best performer this year, he's, he's up there. What did you think? I, I think Hatate took his game to another level. I mean, a lot of players in the team have maybe dropped a level or two in terms of what they can produce in recent weeks, but Hatate is just going and going and going. Out of the Japanese, uh, Hatate was over the pits and Saturday was got 100%. I think the team was quite happy. So Johnson that he went off, you know what I mean? But in terms of him again, it's like out of our Japanese players, you're expecting to say Kyogo or Daisen Mieta would be the best, but he's been by head and shoulders for me, the best player out of that contingent this season and even possibly the team. And I think when we started the season, we all predicted maybe Atate would be around the awards and player of the year and, and all, all that type of stuff. And his goal against uh, Mullerail was fantastic. And the way, what I love about him as well, the way he drives into space, he doesn't hold off and wait in the ball. He drives into space and he yep. wants it in all these awkward positions, whether it's the left or the right. He can take it deep as well. And he's not afraid to use his body. He's not afraid to get in the bout of player and shuffle around and take the ball and go, go this way, go that way and ping a pass 40 yards. And we've seen that in the Champions League against Madrid. You're playing against the legs of Modric and Kroos and he's pinging balls out the, out the yellow like it's nothing on the biggest stage in the mall. I think he, he's took his game to another level. And Dan Mullerowitz we've had on before, he even said he's got the highest ceiling for growth and obviously potential money earning value as as well there, even though you don't want to wish him away in terms of the transfer. But he, he's absolutely fantastic. And I know we're going to miss Kalmak, but if he keeps performing the way he is, he could be the two of them together. Like he, He's an absolute machine sometimes. Oh, yeah, and it was, uh, I'm going to touch on the goals, but the first goal was all Hatati. I know Haksabanovic played mm. a decent ball. And I, I don't think Haksabanovic's ball was out of this world. I thought it was a decent ball. But Hatati's movement and his reverse pass Different class for the goal, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Considine uh, helping it in. What a finish. I just think as well, that's what I'm saying. The way he drives into that space, like that it opened up, he looked and he just went for it. Well if he had the likes of, for example, Matt O'Reilly, he would have sat a bit deeper in my opinion. Yeah. And took the ball agreed. back in again and tried tried to ping it to someone else. But Hatate just banged into that space. Lovely reverse pass, as you said, and it was too Powerful for Considine to knock it away from the goal, ends up in the top bin. You know what I mean? So, again, maybe as you now said, and, I now we're discussing that. Maybe that's why he's, and he's obviously wanting to get the three of them in that midfield. Maybe that's why he's played a rally there because you'll miss that with Hitati, that movement and that drive. Like you said, I but think Aurelia is one that kind of sits more at the edge of the box rather than driving in. And he, I think maybe he's thought he'll miss that if Hitati plays number six. So that's why he's played there. Maybe. But if, if you do that, then like the, the consequence for me of that is if you're playing against the Leipzig, and they win the ball in, in our box. In, well, in their box, already for me, he's not gonna. He's not gonna track back. So I know no. he sits deep, but in the tackle, he, he's pretty much zero. So effectively, if someone breaks us, you're you're gonna have them up against our defense with one pass. That that's the only issue for me with already playing there. I know what happened with McGregor in the team against Leipzig away at Germany and stuff, but for, that would happen on a bigger scale for me if you have O'Reilly. because he'll push high up. His natural instinct is to push high. He's not been in that position like McGregor's kind of had the drop back through the, yeah. the sixes, Aye. the tens. So McGregor's well versed in what he has to do in that position. O'Reilly, for me, would be pushing up with Tate, with Haxabanovic. Yeah. And then if Leipzig get the ball again on the counter, they'll kill us. And yeah. we'll have four players back and, and it'll be the exact same kind of routine and script that we always see in European football when it comes to that. That's my only issue there. I know, I know what you're saying, but you, you ha- there has to be a way around that. There really does. I agree. I don't think I, I think you need to be playing one of the boys that were on the bench in that number six. I think you just need to 
stop trying to squeeze everybody that, that's and and make, put everybody in the position that they, they do well. Let them do it well. Uh, I think we'll get. I think we would get slaughtered if we played early number six. And yeah. I mean, I mean, the first uh, the first goal against Leipzig there it was was Kalmak getting forward um, mm-hmm. and taking a bad touch, and then we're left a bit open. And I think we need a wee bit more protection in there. So I, for me, uh, I really can't play there. But um, I. So just touching on that, the number six, who would be your go-to? Because obviously Kalmak's going to be out for the foreseeable till mm-hmm. after the World Cup. We're hearing. Um, your number six, is it going to be one of the guys that started at the weekend or is it Abelgaard or your favourite James McCarthy or, oh. or your other favourite Aaron Moy? <laughs> um, I, I see what you're doing. You think, but I think as well, um, like uh, Moy and McCarthy for me, they're not fit enough to start a game. I, I, I know people will point to the fact that it's trained and trained and McCarthy's been there nearly two years now, so he, he's well first. I just think his legs have gone even though he, play, he played a pivotal role in that second goal for us, kind of breaking up the play and playing in Burnaby. But and he, he played in uh, European football last year, didn't he, against, was it, was it Batiste at home? And he did he did all right. He started that game, remember all the rotation? And he came in right. and he'd he done all right. Like, right. But I just think for legs, you're going to have to have Albegard in, uh, purely for the physical presence. So the fact as well, he, he came into that game against Leipzig not knowing, like, do you know I mean? He was not match fit. He was rusty. He hadn't played in like six months for Ruben Gonzalez, obviously due to what's going on in that situation. But he broke up the play. He he headed balls away. He was on the edge of the box defending help. He, he was basically turned into a third centre-half at, at some stages that game. And then after the... What was that one? Put that one back up, if you can find it again. Daniel. <laughs> after the drive, the termination of McCarthy. Ah, nah, Jesus. I mean, I could play three minutes and look turning and, and ready to break up play and play in Burnaby. I just think McCarthy for me, it's, it's just my opinion and I'm kind of stuck in it now that I think he, he's not going to have a Celtic career and he should have been shipped out in the transfer window. It has, it has to be Albogard. You bring him in from Ruby Kazan, albeit in a weird kind of in a weird kind of deal, a one-year deal compulsory thing from Ruby Kazan. He has to play. And then you can play the likes of Hatate for legs and O'Reilly as well. Maybe even as well, William, a double pivot. Two centre midfielders holding. So you could play Hatate and Albogard there and O'Reilly in front. Or you could do it vice versa. Already kind of in that free room position beside Albogard and Hatate as the number 10. So there is plenty of alternatives. And I was scratching my head thinking, could you throw McCarthy in? No. And then Monty disagrees, Stephen. Look, look see, Uranovich, people are clamoring for Uranovich to come into that position. Again, I just think it's a bit, if you're throwing him in there for the first time, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of them ones. That if he doesn't deal with it, then you're going to criticise Postacogby for only doing that in European football, exposing yeah. him. Egyptian King McCarthy does have good spells like the way he helped us out cheesy go, but half the time, yeah, he's hiding like 100%. I'd love his job. See, he's sitting on the bench and getting about 15 grand a week. Give me that any day. I'd be happy to turn up the train and puke up on the pitch 100%. But I, I think, like, for me, Abelgard, I know it was a long winded rant there, but Abelgard, I, I think so. He's been the man that's been brought in to play that position, I think. Yeah. I think Moy was probably brought in to do what he's been doing and, and just steady the ship twenty minutes with twenty minutes left of the game. McCarthy, I'm the exact same as you when he first came in. I thought it was the strangest deal we could have yeah. made at his age and his his injury, um his previous um to give him that length of contract and he's not he, he, like I can understand if it was like a Moy and he's came in on a one year deal or whatever and uh he's he's that's what he's done. He's come in to play the last 20 minutes of per game that he, that he has been doing. 
Uh, I can understand it, but that long contract, it's a, it's a strange one. Although I must say, I was I was impressed by him when he did come on. I thought he, he looked a bit more up for it uh, at the weekend there. Uh, and it's Who obviously knows? his challenge that's that's uh, that's won the uh, the won us the ball back for for uh, Bernabe to go in. So, but for me, I it's Abogard as well. I don't think there's a lot of clamber in the, the chat I was putting up there when you were uh, when you were ranting, Stephen. That um, uh, Hatati is number six and playing Haksabanovic in the ten and playing O'Reilly as a number eight rather than what we played on Saturday. There's a wee bit of comment for that. There's there's a, there's a lot of chat about your Yaranovic as well. I, th- I um, think as well, like for me, it's a risk. Like uh, McGrandy comes in, could James Forrest come on at some stage? He did okay on Saturday. You know my opinion on that. Yeah, you know my opinion on that. He belongs in the bench, and I love James Forrest, but he's not starting this game. Not a chance. But um. I know you were saying there about Haxabanovic. I have one issue with that as well. If, for example, we're on the back foot, you're you're losing a man there again for the tackle. You can't afford to be carrying two or three players who don't kind of track back. Monty agrees with McGrath there, hundred percent. But you, you can't afford to. There's another one, Scott Howe coming in the ground. Yeah, you grand on. Quality wants he knows that. But I, I mean, uh, like, what's he going to say? Haxabanovic yeah in the 10 my only issue is with that if you start him again if you have already in there two players automatically won't track back in my opinion so you're losing you're losing legs you're losing kind yeah, of the, the determination the grip so it has to be one or the other it can't be in my opinion it can't be both I totally agree I the same in the league game there like he's obviously tried to squeeze the two of them in I think if you're playing uh, the number 10 it needs to be either Aurelia Haksabanovic or play Haksabanovic out wide I, I don't think you play the two of them in the midfield uh, I, I totally agree with you about coming back the way as well that's why I love Hatati as a number 8 because he does the lot he gets back and he's got an engine on him and he tackles and pat and all the rest and I don't see O'Reilly doing that in the number 8 so I mm-hmm. definitely agree with you there um, let's go to the goal conceded uh, it was coming to be fair, St. Johnson had a yeah. clamber of chances at the, at the time and you're mm. sitting with your head in your hands going, ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, and Joe Hart's had a bit of stick recently, but he pulled off very good save, it must be said, to uh, Stevie May mm-hmm. when he was through. I think he actually tipped on in the post. Um, so, what about the goal that we conceded? Another set piece. <laughs> you're another, another, is Gavin another, Strachan uh, on set? Is he a set piece? He's a set piece, right? or, is that, or is it attacking set pieces he's on? Anyway, another set piece. Do you think there's more we could have done about it? Anybody at fault? Um, what was your thoughts on the goal we conceded? He must be wearing a blindfold if he's a defensive coach for set pieces, because we're woeful at defending set pieces. I know we've only conceded five in the league. It was funny seeing that start today, because uh, again, there was the Hugh Keevans one was like, we imploded, and someone put up the tweet. As putting up the league table and like highlighting many goals we can see that it's it's obviously still the best defensive record in Scully's football at the But I think as well, the def- the set pieces has always been our Achilles heel, and that goes through that goes through the likes of O'Neill, up the Strachan, the Mowbray, the Lenny, the Rogers, Lenny the second time round, and I, um, post the Coglin. It's an issue that we've had for years, and me and my grand always like have a, a lump in our throats when we can see the, a free kick. Or a corner kick because you can kind of tell what's coming. The defense we again for me was at sixes and sevens. And high, I do not know high for the grace of me that your man Mitchell had time to control that ball and the slot okay. it past Joe Hart. Like he brung it down like he was a world class forward, like you would like to see Hallen do for Man City. And he had the composure to just put it past Joe Hart in the bottom left hand corner. It was a good finish, it was a good set piece goal by, by them. And you're right to point out the fact as well 
Joe Hart made a crack and save from Stevie May. He was through. Welsh again, for me, got caught onto the ball. Brung up Carter Fickers out of position because they're trying to keep that defensive line. Stevie May breaks it. And the next minute he's one-on-one and you're going, please, God, no. Yeah. And dust, dust Joe Hart again. I, I, I've only criticised him when I think he's made a mistake, but I'll praise him yeah. when he made a fantastic save. And he, he really did. He kept it onto the post and it, it, it kept us in the game. We were at sixes and sevens at that time. And I still think that for, that, that for me is a concern. We shouldn't be going to these places having them periods of, of times where we're nearly conceding goals left, right and centre. I know the big part of it was Carter Vickers was just back and again Welsh is playing and we don't have our first choice centre half parent. But we should have enough at the top end of the pitch, 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 pitch to finish off these games. Do, do you know what I mean? It, it's an issue that does frighten me a bit. And I, I know we kind of came away, think, obviously. Do you think with this whole set piece issue, right? And just to throw a wee span on the works. Because we're so dominant and we've got the majority of the ball, the, the chances for opposition teams are few and far between in the, domestically in the league. So I, I would reckon most teams come out and they say that our best chance is set pieces. So do you think it looks worse because it's going to be set pieces more often than not because we dominate so much of the ball so they don't have much yet in open play? Or do you just think we're shit at set pieces and we need to, we need to address it? We're shit at set pieces. Hundred <laughs> percent. Say that. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I know. Like it's the old cliche. It's the old whole uh, uh, Tony Pulis and Stoke argument in the Premier League, isn't it? Their best results through a set piece. The players they have in the box and tall players and all that. But uh, Monty, we dick. But um, I think <laughs> I think as well. Uh, like you have to look at it from the point of view of Celtic. Like if people could def- start to defend against us and work out how we play, we can surely defend a set piece. We've got Carter Vickers in there. Speaking of set pieces, we need to do more with ours. Had two free kicks in dangerous places. That, that again is a big issue. We're so wasteful totally when it that. comes to the opportunities. And I think sometimes I, I do get the whole quick corner routine, but sometimes just whip that ball into the box, let the centre half go up and get their head on it. And you know that sometimes it infuriates me all that kind of banging in, banging out again because we need to kind of keep it, get it into the box and see if we can take take advantage of us and free kicks too. But the set piece issue. How do you do it? How do you fix it? It's one of the ones that hasn't been fixed in like 20 years, so it's, it doesn't look good from that sort of angle. I totally agree with Danielle about us in, in, a, in an attacking sense. I think we should, and you're right, a lot of the time it's these quick free kicks, so it maybe doesn't look, or quick uh, corners, so it doesn't look as much, but when you've got the likes of Gigi uh, in that box, you need to get it in there. I was screaming at half-time, yeah. in the group chat I said at half-time, if you there's not enough service to the big man. If you get if you get him service, he'll get you the goals. And and in the end, he I, th- did. I think that was evident. I think that was evident in the frustration when he punched the advertising boards because he Aye. he was frustrated with the lack of service. And he, yeah. he's up there making the runs and he, he he's playing in the box as a striker as a poacher. No one's whipping the ball in. It's all behind him to play. He needs it yeah. whipped in like Ralston does. And nine times out of ten, it's always back checking back, playing a pass game, playing a pass this way instead of just getting Gigi involved and getting him scoring goals like he like he does best. I can't remember another time where we actually did get the ball in the box like that. Um, and when we did, he got his goal. But here's another point. It's a wee bit further back up. But we keep forgetting about this guy. What about this guy in the yeah, number I six? I really Gucci's, I really hope. I thought he looked decent in pre-season. Everybody's just forgotten about him. He's not even getting on the bench now. Um, I don't know what's going on there. Because when you talked about the, when these Japanese players came in, I remember this guy being touted mm. more than most saying that he's he's a top top player and uh if anything coming in it looked like Hatate wasn't he he was gonna be the one Gucci's no is nowhere to be seen. Strange one. 
I really hope that Eddie Goosey gets one more chance. I really hope, because I think there's a player there. What, what we've seen of him, that injury against uh, Alawa seems to have messed him up against uh, Ferguson's team. He's not been, he's not come back quite the same. He keeps getting niggling injuries and he's out of that. And Egyptian King, another point there, he's not available for the, the Champions League squad, which is a shame. Maybe European fo- football might suit him better. But uh, yeah, it, it is a strange one. I, I thought he was decent. I thought he looked good on the ball. He could even break play up and attack as well and had a shot from 30 yards, which was quite good to see. It's a, it's a weird one that he can't get past uh, the likes of McCarthy and uh, <laughs> the likes of McCarthy and Moy. And that's a great point by Jeff, 100%. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you, if you can't get past McCarthy and Moy at the moment, then is the writing on the wall? Because they're not great. And I think Edaguchi has potential, but it's, it's, it's a strange situation he finds himself in. The strange thing about it for me as well, he's, he, he's, he's for what I've seen for Abelgard, I know it's not not much, um, excuse me, and um, maybe not so much Moy, but McCarthy, Gucci looks like, if I'm comparing it to Cal Mack, he's tidy on the ball, plays and mm-hmm. passes well and the rest of it as well so I thought he'd be more suited to Angie still but I agree it's a strange one that we've not seen much of him but like we're, he's, we're not seeing him on the training ground every week but and again like I don't believe McCarthy was a, was an Ange signing he came in the door pretty much the same time as Ange um, yeah. so that points even more so that like Ange is the one that signed this boy so ah, it's, it's just a strange one strange one he's <laughs> looking <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Copper, what a guy! What a guy! Um, aye. So anyway, let's move on a wee bit further again. So, what I want to touch on before we talk about the winner as well, uh, you kind of touching at the start. There, we we're going to talk about it. Is CCV got made captain on his return? Joe Hart, as far as I was aware, is is their vice captain, and he played mm. very very strange one. What does that say about Joe Hart? Do you think that was? I bet I did get his uh, post-match uh, comment midweek. Do you think he's lost a wee bit of faith in him, or what do you think? Why do you think CCV got put in there? When to be fair, Ange, I don't think Andrew's ever came out and said Joe Hart's my vice captain. Yeah, but he's always had that. And I'm pretty sure when Calmack went off, Joe Hart took it as well. Although CCV yeah. wasn't on the pitch, I thought it was a bit of a strange one. What did you think about it? Well, I mean, when you have Ranovich coming out calling Joe Hart our second leader, then vice captain. He is then, isn't he? Because if he's getting called that by the players, then he must be something in the dressing room. I thought it was quite surprising. Carter Vickers coming back and I seen the, the, the C symbol beside his name. I was like, what? Is that a misprint? No, you kind of you have to look at it again. I wouldn't re- really read too much into it in terms of the sense maybe it's a, a dig in his, his post-match comments. If it was a dig and Anne's post the was angry at him, I think he'd be dropped out of the team and Seagrass would have got the game, to be honest. I think... Pastor Cody wouldn't take that shit. I know. No, that's true. Yeah, I know as well. With the with that comment, he, he angered a lot of people, including myself. I felt like he was throwing Pastor Cody under the bus a bit. I still think it was petty. It was stupid. I mean, he, he should have got rid of the ball in that game. He's got years of experience down in England, playing in, as the England number one for numerous caps. I think it was seventy two. He got playing in World Cups. Don't tell me he's never kicked the ball long when he shouldn't have. Absolute nonsense coming from his mouth that he, he shouldn't have said. If it wasn't, they got him. Fair enough. And if, if Joe Hart's took it well, fair enough. Let's move on. They're men, they're grown up, they're adults. But Carter Vickers, again, for me, he doesn't look like a captain. I have to be honest. He doesn't look like, I know we said this about Cal Mack. I would rather have Greg Taylor wear the armband, to be honest. I think 
Cameron Carter-Vickers seems to be more more like a selfish point of view for his game and bring, like concentrating himself instead of concentrating on the team. That's what, that's my kind of take on him. I know uh, Greg Taylor was resting. It'll be interesting to see he's going to be captain against Leipzig. That might change the game. But yeah, it was it was a strange one all round. There was a few players that maybe could have got it. Ralston could have got it in terms of that. But Cameron Carter-Vickers, I don't know. It doesn't really fill me full of inspiration. I love Vickers as a player, as a captain. I don't think he is one. That's just my opinion. Because there's players who are, are just not natural leaders. And I don't think Carter Vickers is to a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, strange one all round. Uh, yeah. did, did that come into your mind? I totally agree, mate. I was Joe Hart's our vice captain all day long. I think he's done wonderful since he's came here. Never mind what he's like. I understand he's getting a bit of a tough time for what he's doing on the pitch. I don't see it. I, like, I, like, I know he's made, it was a horrendous mistake midweek, like, granted, but he put his hands up. I know there was in the comments, it was like a bit more about blaming the gaffer rather than, uh, but he came out in front of the, the camera for me. I thought, um, I, I don't see many people doing that. And he's, his leadership skills have been second to none since he joined us. So for me, he should be captain. That's why I thought it was a strange one. That's why I asked if it was what's been going on recently that was in the gaffer's mind, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand it. And again, I, I, I agree with you, CCV. Um, I, I'm no... Monty's disagreeing. I see, I, see, I see Monty's comment there. I'm not saying he's not a leader, right? What I'm merely implying is that I think he's more like... I think he's more of a guy who would rather concentrate on his own game and bring his levels up in terms of what he can perform rather than look at the team as a whole. Where Cal McGregor, for me, he's like a manager on the pitch. He can direct play, get players going again, and keep that play taking over. No way, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not a leader in terms of himself and what he can bring to the back four. I'm merely just saying the whole team. I just don't think he, he himself. I'm, I'm probably sounding stupid here, Willie, but he himself would want to be that captain. I think Joe Hart was a shoe in. It was yeah. a bit strange that I agree he wasn't you, captain. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. We're not saying he's not a leader. I, I, I agree with you, mate. But I just think there's several people in there that. Would be yeah. ahead of him for me as captain, mm-hmm. and Joe Hart's definitely at the top of that. Uh, a wee bit more. CCV was massive since he came back, though. Uh, yeah. Did you see a big difference in the team with him coming back in? Well, of course, the back four played better in terms of as a cohesive unit. As Pasta Coglu likes to, to say that, but again, it was still shaky at parts. Fickers himself was shaky at times. Yes, it, it was calmer. Welsh had someone to bounce off and listen to if he was told instructions. Blah blah blah. It's always going to be better with your best centre halfback, hundred percent. You can be playing on one leg, and that defence will still be better than it was against Leipzig and and Motherwell as well to a certain extent. But yeah, it was great having them back, and I think the full ninety minutes would have done in the world of good, kind of building himself back up to match day levels for the Aye. this game coming up. I think he needed a ninety to go into uh, Tuesday's yeah. game, didn't he? Um, let's just go into the the winner. Uh, we thought we were down and out again, but this team, like I said at the very beginning, the gaffer always says we never stop. Um, be honest, when we when we equalised, did you think we could go off and get a winner? Uh, and also, what did well, you think of the winner? Bernabe's ball was brilliant, and Gigi's just unbelievable at that. And also, like I said, I think moments like that give you a boost. I fucking screamed the house down. The dogs were trying to bite me. The rain ran through, shouting like, "Are you all right, Dad?" And I was just screaming. You would never get that for a six 0 one. I just think it's again. We talked about it last year. There was a couple of turning points. Um, we're going to come on to the running form shortly, but I just think that's something that could give us a wee boost. And I, I, I couldn't have timed it any better for uh, for Tuesday because it went from 
doom and gloom and thinking, oh my god, because uh, not I, I don't think like I think we're getting a bit. Well, we'll talk we'll talk about the running form afterwards, but I think we're getting a bit of stick when I don't think it's very well deserved. But when another result like that goes in, you start to think, fuck, I start to think I'm on this podcast every week defending the runner form. <laughs> and now they, now they dropped another <laughs> point. Stephen's going to give me it tight. And and then uh, that goal just changes everything again. What was your thoughts? I mean, you're more worried about my comments in the chat, aren't you? Coming into you after them results. I think that's what you're more worried about. But um, I, I was watching my granddad, my wee brother, my granny, and to be fair, when, when that goal they, they scored, we kind of fell into a stunned silence. Just, I, I don't know, it was just kind of one of them ones you didn't know what to say. You could cut the tension with a knife, to be honest, and there was a lot of emotion as well involved in that. But again, I think someone else pointed it out on, an, on another uh, show as well. Celtic pissed around with the ball for a while after the kickoff, and you're going to yourself, please get the ball up the pitch, just please get it up the pitch. And then you, you, think, it's, you think it's done when Burnaby loses the ball. But then McCarthy comes back into that equation, wins it back again. And then the, the St. Johnson player falls but with a sore foot because the ball hit off it. He just kind of claps to the ground. Don't know if he had a bet on or something. But um, what's that? If you were top of the league, I think, yeah. Aye, well, I like that, Patrick. But um, aye, I mean, the Burnaby, it was about determination, wasn't it? Then McCarthy came through, played that nice ball into him, was laid on the plate. And he just whipped it in first time. It couldn't end up anywhere. Do you know what I mean? And just... I don't know, just thankfully, it was whipped in perfect. And Jack and Magus, that interview he done was fantastic, by the way. When he was like, oh, I was yeah. imagining what it would be like. He was looking at the goalposts and he was imagining scoring that fi- that final goal and the reaction from the crowd. And he fairly soaked it up, didn't he? He, he absolutely bombed into that crowd. And I know before, like, w- we've given other teams grief for celebrating last-minute winners at Fair Hill and all that. It's a bit of banter, a bit of a laugh. But that emotion, that kind of... just I think it was more like a relief type thing so the fans were there in their numbers they were back in the team and you don't want to go away disappointed and Yakimak is a natural goal scorer and in my opinion hasn't been used quite as much as I'd hoped this season for, for other reasons we'll probably go into as well but yeah it was just fantastic and the way the crowd reacted and they could have been still a bit salty or a bit, a bit moany or whatever but they still clapped the team off the pitch over there to the end and again we never stop it's a cliche sometimes it makes me a bit like oh we always say that blah 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 but, yeah, it's one that Celtic stand by all the time and they get the job done. And as I said in the chat at the start of the, the game, it didn't matter how we got that victory. Three points was the most important thing. 100%. Um, what about Gigi? You said it yourself. You don't think he's been utilised as much as he should. I tend to agree with you. I think there could be a bit more rotation. And, and we always talk about playing the fixture. And I don't think... I don't think we've maybe done that as much. And I understand Kyogo's his man. And Kyogo's mm. goal-scoring record this season is unbelievable. But Gigi's only been getting the last half hour games and his is, is right up there as well. And I just love his rapport with the fans, like you said. Obviously, the celebrations. But it seems like after every game, he's always... Well, I know the whole team does, but you can just tell he just loves being here uh, and loves the fans. And I think more more so than... And, and domestically, I think a lot of people are saying in the chat as well about how... Um, He's definitely needed in Europe. I tend to agree. I think we could be doing with um, possibly starting him on Tuesday anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will because Kyogo, I, I think there was a reason Kyogo stayed in the bench the whole game because um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to, I think he'll, he wants the minutes on Tuesday. But I just a wee touch on GG as, like what he's done since he's came here, 
he's an absolute. We talk about him being more clinical. He's as clinical as they come. He scores with his first touch, <laughs> one touch every <laughs> yeah. time he, he gets a goal. Um, and he's he's rapport with the fans and how important he is and and how he, how hard they worked during the game. You said it yourself. He wasn't getting the the uh, the support that he was needing, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you could go for being in the paper and getting a five out of ten by doing what he did and ending up with an eight out of ten. Yeah, I think as well, like. Yakimax, in terms of starts, I think it's 18 starts and 16 goals in terms of overall starts for Celtic, and that's that's fantastic. And I get what you're saying about Kyogo. I think I, I get what you're saying about Kyogo's goal scoring being unbelievable, but I think it's 7 and 8 at the moment in, in this season, which is a great return, obviously, but he hasn't been playing well, will he? he for me, he hasn't been at his best. And he, he it's natural instinct to go in behind and take players on to find them little pockets. He'd done that against Leipzig, which is him at his best, finding Jada for that goal. But in other games, as, as you rightly pointed out, in European football and domestically, when we're trying to ping a ball long, there's there's no focal point there to hold it up. And Yakimak is, is perfect for that situation. He bullies centre halves. He gets yep. in about them. And not only that, he is quite quick. He can move. He can he can actually move a bit, which was surprising to see when he gets going. And do you know I mean? he, has, he has a bit of technical ability, although his first touch is a bit dodgy at times. I must say I never seen the game of Saturday. I was golfing in a team event. It was on the last team when I seen the Johnson score. It was raging in the porch. Then I got, I got my ball and scored. The GG scored. But yeah, but yeah, I think GG needs to be he needs to be used more. I think he needs to start more games, and it'd be the only natural for him to get frustrated because if it was me and I had a record with eighteen starts and sixteen goals, I'd be going, "Why am I not playing? Why am I not getting on? Why am I getting on the last twenty minutes?" When I need to get up to speed, it takes about 10 minutes and then the game's over. I want him starting more. And I, I love Kyogo. Don't get me wrong. I think he's fantastic. We all love Kyogo. But in European football, on the occasion, he goes missing. Domestically, for, for me as well, he hasn't had the, the greatest of games. Yes, his goal score returns fantastic. But he has, again, only popped up in vital moments. And yeah, vital moments, blah, 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 wins the games. But I mean, overall, hasn't really been there. Yakimakis deserves a chance, and I would throw him in against Leipzig, not only because Leipzig have played against Kyogo, so they know what they expect, but th- just to give them something to worry about. Throw the big man up top for 60 minutes, like Postacogli likes to do, yep. then take him off if you want, and bring Kyogo on for the tired legs and try and exploit that type of weakness or whatever, because their centre-halves are quick, and I think, they're, I think they were saying last night in the stats drop, they're fourth overall in the Bundesliga for like types of possession, one, and quickness over 10 yards, all that type of stuff. So they have the pace to, to deal with Kyogo. Maybe if you throw in a physical presence and you have Meira close to him or Jada, or if he's back from his fatigue injury, will he? Maybe he will um, he, he will play well and win the <laughs> flick-ons and that. But yeah, he needs to be used more. And I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to a point, I need a doom and gloom here, he gets a bit frustrated. And he, do you know what I mean? He's every right to. I would be frustrated. Fair enough, mate. Aye. Aye, I think you make great points here. This is my point with uh, Kyogo. I, like, I'm, uh, it's going to sound like it's negative, yeah. but it's not. I, I, I do feel like that he's not the... I don't think Kyogo's a fantastic finisher, um, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because of the amount of goals he scores. <laughs> but sometimes I think when he's got a bit of time and he snatches it, it chances and stuff, I don't think uh, the big man does that. He, obviously, he's shown that he's a, an absolute born finisher. Lots of debate and, and disagreement. Uh, By the way, the Willie, mm-hmm. would it be adverse to say maybe we can try Kugel on the wing again? Well, that's what I was going to come to you next because oh, uh, Padraig, right. Padraig Post has been saying this. 
Um, I think he said that, forgive me if it's not him, but somebody said as well that it's not, um, aye, it was Padraig again. It's no French Eddie up front, so give Kyogo a go on the left again. Would you be adverse to that? I think it's Definitely a good not. idea. I, I think, what, what I've seen of Kyogo, playing in them YouTube clips when we signed him and stuff, all the excitement. He played a lot of games for that Japanese club coming from the left-hand side. A lot of goals he scored were coming from that position, him and Iniesta. Obviously, Iniesta were class and all that, but coming from that position, running in, getting in behind it. You know, like what a Scott Sinclair would have done, kind of going yeah. between the, the left-back and the centre-half and make that the kind of angled run. A lot of goals Kyogo scored in Japan were like that. So, yeah, he was free in against Rangers and he didn't quite make it do well in that position. But again, Podrick was right to point out. Edward was up front and he couldn't have given two flying shits that day. He was just looking his move down to England and he got it, I think, a couple of days after. So why couldn't you try that? Why couldn't you play them closer together and see what happens? Yes, people may say it may tweak the way we play, but i tell you one thing. One thing about Kyogo, when he gives a ball, he moves. He gives it, he moves. He doesn't stand still. And just maybe... If he's playing on the left-hand side with a Burnaby or a Taylor linking up and he moves in position, they're going to find him. And he will score goals. He's a natural goal scorer as well. Maybe not as clinical as Jack and Mac, so I'll take that point on board. But have your goal scorers on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And another, I... Thing, that I, another thing that I sent into the chat today, and you, again, the whole numbers issue. What was it made in the last five games? Hasn't had any shots on target. And I think it was no assist as well, which is mind-boggling. And we all look at Meda thinking he brings a lot, a lot to the team. Again, numbers are point two he does. But at the moment, in terms of running and stuff like that, he seems to be off it just a wee bit, and that concerns me too. I think it's an interesting point, because there's a lot in the chat as well about people saying that they would love to see Gigi and Kyogo play together. And I think the only way that's going to be possible is if, is if Kyogo plays it wide. So yeah. it's an interesting point. I'm not sure about it myself. A bit, a bit like earlier on, I think we've got more than enough in the wide positions uh, without trying to shift other players out of there. I think we've got two centre-forwards and he's going to play one or the other and that's it. I think we should just be looking at it and um, like we say, it's not... Whereas before, if Kyogo was coming off, the replacement wasn't able, whereas I think like we've got a great... like When one comes on, he, he does just as well as the other. So, but I, I can... I can understand people's points about wanting to play them to both them together, but I, um, I'm not, not for me. Kyogo left. I'm not so sure. I can understand why people want it, and I hear what you're saying as well, Stephen. Um, I don't think it'd be the worst thing, but I, I feel like we've got so many wingers that are vying for positions at the moment. I, I, I think it'd be unfair to put him out there when we've got players that have and, been performing. In my opinion, I know Maeda's is and, getting a bit of stick recently. Um, but Jota's, Haksibanovic's, Abada's, Abada's been brilliant mm. this season. I know he's not been scoring as freely as he was at the start of the season, but I wouldn't be dropping any of these guys to try and like make way for somebody else. That's exactly like the O'Reilly argument for me at the start of the pod. I wouldn't be putting him in there to make shift. I'd be putting somebody that's a number six in, and that's that's just me. Well, eh? would you be adverse to trying Kyogo at number 10? Um... Yeah, probably. I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying as well, though, because I can see it. I just, I know, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I can, and like him in the press there would be great. Um, I like him playing on the shoulder, and I don't think he can do that at number ten. So, uh, but no, I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. But aye, we're sitting debating all this, uh, and you've, you've talked about Maeda. Is this 
does that mean you think we're on a bad run of form here? Because I know we touched on it last week and the comments were kind of saying, um, and I think you guys, you guys kind of touched on it on Friday as well, Friday night, there was a bit, I don't know what to say negativity, <laughs> but mm-hmm. a lot, some of the players were getting a bit of bashing, O'Reilly's no performing, uh, so-and-so's no performing, and I was like, we kind of touched on it last week, and I, like, I, I think it's a bit unfair, because I know the run of games is like, oh, it's one win, in, or two wins in five, or whatever it is now, but, it was only, three, like I said on the pod at the time, it was only three or four weeks ago we just smashed strangers up and we're going to like, absolutely storm everything. I think since then we've had a good performance against Real Madrid. Not good enough. It was a good mm-hmm. performance for, for 45 minutes, 60 minutes. A performance in Ukraine, uh, in Poland, sorry, um, that deserved three points. But again, we're, yeah. no, putting, we're no taking our chances. Uh, we've been absolutely pumped off Leipzig. Uh, I've beaten Arsene Mun, which is fair enough. And then we've won our two league games. We've we've lost one game. Well, two two games. We've lost one game in the league. We're still top of the league. We've lost a game in Europe, two games in Europe, which we were outclassed at the end. The end and we probably should have got three points another. And it just seems like it's all panic stations and bad run of form. And I don't see it. How do you how do you see it? Do you think it is a bad run of form? Do you think we should be expecting more considering where we were? And I don't want to say this, trust the process. A couple of years ago, we were terrible and all the rest of it. But yeah, you do. The state we were in, the state we were in a year ago, compared to now, like in Lennon's tenure at the end, if you gave us this, we'd have been screaming for it. That that was a bad run of form when Lennon had the one in fucking mm-hmm. however many in the league and that. For me, I think we're just we're doing just fine. Um, we could go on a run of smashing teams up again for the next three or four weeks and go into the World Cup and everybody will be rosy again. Uh, I just think it's a bit harsh. But what do you think? Do you think it's it's well deserved the criticism of some of the players and and the team at the moment? Yeah, I mean, should, should we be expecting better? One hundred percent. We're Celtic football club. We should always be expecting better. Will they? A hundred percent get what you're saying in terms of a couple weeks ago or four weeks ago, whatever it was. We made Rangers look easy. hundred. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. But but the time moves on. We can't live in past results. And again, it baffles me why some people. Not, not saying you, Willie, but some people are afraid to call it the absolute obvious, right? You, you were saying it there throughout your, your segment in terms of our results. One thing stood out to me quite clearly was not clinical enough, which points to me yep. the attackers haven't been on form, right? So you, you look at that. Matt O'Reilly, we called out on Friday. He hasn't been great the last couple of games. I think anyone can see that. But we all respect what O'Reilly's done. He's come from MK Dons. He, his, his careers went up. There's Premier League clubs looking at him. He has 100% all the ability in the world to be a fantastic footballer. And I hope he continues doing that with Celtic. You call out Mieta, hasn't done nothing in five games. I literally showed you the picture of what I was talking about. You call you call out Kyogo, whether or not his goal scoring form was great beforehand. It hasn't been up to scratch recently in terms of what he can produce. Yeah, there's flashes and glimpses, but again, it's not consistent enough. You talked about the RB Leipzig game. That for me was a game we should have went into for the confidence, regardless of what's happened to them in, in the last two weeks of the learning manager. It's a transition process they're in. And why couldn't have we took advantage of that? Like teams did against us last season under Postacoglu. That's what I was trying to get yeah. my point across saying. Because when a team's in transition, we can see how easy it is for it to break apart once something goes wrong. Like we had that uh, bad run of form at the beginning of last season when Hearts and stuff beat us. Um, you look at the centre-halves, I think it was right to call it Wells in the end that, that weren't particularly great in the games they played together. And then you go to Joe Hart, he made some mistakes. So, yeah, I think it's it's right to, to call out the players, Willie, and I think it's right to say 
we're not in a bad run of form because we're still winning games, quite evidently, but we're in a sticky patch. A sticky patch of form for me is different. We're not finding the gears that we, we, we could find previously in the last couple of games before getting into the Champions League and the things that we got. And maybe just, for example, the Champions League came as a bit of a culture shock and the players have took a while to get used to it. It's maybe knocked their confidence a tiny bit not being taking them chances and maybe not thinking they're good enough for that level, kind of the, a seed of doubt in the, in their own, in their own heads. And Frank Kennedy, ever since we played Shakhtar, when we dominated and didn't take our chances, has affected the players' confidence. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think there is a, a, a fact that maybe we're a bit hesitant in front of the goal. We're not taking them opportunities. We're trying to find a safer pass more often. And I thought it was great that Posse Cogley actually called the players out. Well, kind of go in safety mode and survival and the only way you can survive a game and you're not going to like just call them out for that, doing the basic things that he wants them to do to get them through that patch when RB Leipzig were on, on top of us we could have done it in my opinion the thought they were there to be played through they were a bit shaky defensively as well but just unfortunately hammered us at the end of the day well, I think I was right to say Willie and then you look at the St Mirren game absolute shambles I don't know what yeah. else could be said about that I agree with that or, of course yeah, our, our worst performance of the season. And in the Mullerwell game, the stats guys were saying that's actually our best performance in terms of XG, expectacles, yeah. which was mind-boggling for me because I thought we played absolutely crap. And then we win that game against the Johnson, the only way, which sometimes champions need to do. So, yeah, overall, maybe not a bad run of form, but a sticky pass, definitely. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. I see um, what you're, you were talking about there, how, like, I were obviously... And I think everybody's screaming the same thing. We're... we're Creating the chances, we're just not we're just not clinical enough at the moment. Um, does mm. that worry you, or are you in the mindset that we're making the chances so the goals will come, or do you just does it just worry you? It worries me. The longer it goes on, the more the confidence is going to be hit. Because I know Pastor Cody says when they're doing that and getting in the possessions, goals will come, which I do agree with to a certain extent. But if you're creating 10, 12 chances and you're only taking one. The players, for me, it's only not they're going to start questioning their own ability and saying, why, why am I not scoring like we did? And that's where the confidence side of things come. I, I can see, to be honest, before the World Cup, weeks before the World Cup, we will get a result where it's like, yes, 6-7-0. Six, six, I can see that happening, yeah. 100%. Because once it clicks, again, they get done the United, they'll find out the hard hard way what it, what it is that they did with from Saligar Fudge And hard uh, roar comes in. A few players have actually progressed since last season. Maybe for me, that's a bit strong. To be honest, but I can see where he's coming from. Players have hit a, like a bad patch themselves personally, but again, that comes to back to the fact that we lost our two first choice centre halves. A lot of things, Cal McGregor uh, being injured as well. So there is stuff that kind of going on in the background. What can affect the player's mindset? But the whole clinical thing, um, for me, it worries me. Like I want the players to click, and I want them to take these opportunities to get their confidence back up to where it was because. Mieda, he must be feeling it. He must be. He only recently did an interview when he was over doing for Japan saying he's going to end his goals right for Celtic. And ever since that, he's been absolutely terrible in the Celtic shirt. So, do you know what I mean? He's feeling it himself emotionally and physically as well. And he looks at too. He looks a bit slow and sluggish, which doesn't like him. And then you hear the likes of fatigue. And I know Willie, you, you kind of cracked him. He said it was a, a sore muscle, whatever it was. But again, if fatigue setting this setting in this early on in certain players, that's a bad sign for my opinion. The sooner we get a result where it's five six nil, and the sooner the players find them shooting boots and take their opportunities, I think we'll be fine. It's just when's that going to happen? See, just to fire it back at you about about um, the Maeda um, situation. Do you not think it's difficult for players? 
because these guys are like they're not getting full ninety minutes in any game. They're getting half, getting a half, getting thirty minutes coming off of the bench. Do you not think it's difficult for them to? Because I think I, I totally understand what you're saying about this whole five games without. Um, but my argument back to that would be I, I would I would be very surprised if he's played ninety minutes in any of the games. Um, and and I do agree that Maeda's went off the boil. He's not looked anywhere near the player he was the tail end of last season in the past however many games. Even even the tail end, he had a really really good run where we were smashing teams and and um, and beating Rangers and all the rest of that scudded name. I don't think he's been anywhere near the heights he was last season. But I mean, I just think sometimes our stats get thrown out there and people jump on it too much. I looked when you did that. I went and looked at your stats, and, he, and I looked and he said uh, he had four assists in nine games in the league this season. So if you look at that stat, you'd think he's, you know what he's doing all right. I just think sometimes it's but how you look at certain stats and it gets thrown. But I do agree that he's he's not on his best run of form. Do you think it's difficult when these get when these guys are trying to get confidence, needing that goal to give them a push? They're only getting forty five minutes, half an hour here and there. Or do you think it's understandable because they're not playing well enough, so they should be getting hooked and, and somebody else should be getting a, an opportunity? Well, I mean, it's never really changed. Postacoglu's done that since he came in. I think as well, I can throw that back to you and say, just for example, if Atate was off form and you're countering me going, do you not think it's because of his game time, etc.? Atate gets about 60 minutes a game yeah. and he averages about two or three shots and he gets assists. Okay. So it's, it can be done. I think Mieta, just personally, on, on my personal thing, he's just lost a bit of form. We all know there's a player in there, and I see people all the time say, yeah, he's not technically gifted and all that. That's fair enough. But what he offers us, there's no other player in the team that can. When he's pressing and the defenders can't live with his pace, that type of stuff, that's what he's good at. And European football should suit him. It's just unfortunate at the moment. He seems to have a bad patch. And what's this? Oh, Jesus, Monty, come on, you. Nah, but yeah, yeah, I think... Um, it's it's one of them things. Yeah, you're right to say stats. You, me personally, like that show I, that we that we created our stats drop. It's for me to learn as well, and I love learning about all the numbers in the game. Yeah. And you're hundred percent right. The whole Ralston Uranovich debate. They all went for Uranovich then, even though Ralston was winning on stats. So I mean, the Mieta thing. We've seen what he can offer. We've seen what he can do. I mean, he whipped a good ball in for a Kyogo only a couple of weeks ago, and he, he, he missed it unfortunately. But again, he can still do that. Yeah. It's just for me. It's one of them things that I think will take a bit of time to get him back up to speed again. But he's still a vital player, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I just thought it was... I, I, it was In fact, your man... I've totally forgot his name now. I, sorry, the man that was on the stats drop. And... Uh, Tony he said, he said He said that you can... I think it was Tony said that you can... You'll see a start a certain way and you'll, you'll see it the way you want to see it. So people will see that Ralston start, for example, that he's... And they'll see that as a positive, where somebody else could see mm-hmm. the the negative side. I just thought it was really interesting. Um, but I mean, I, I I agree with you that he's 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 off the boil, and he just I think he needs a goal or a wee bit. I, he does look a bit low in confidence, but um, let's let's hope he gets that back soon because uh, he's a top top 100%. player. And, and this time last year, we were all saying that. Well, maybe not this time last year. Tail end of last year, we were saying he was a stick on left winger, and nobody's getting in. Yep. How things change in a matter of months. <laughs> um, right. We're running on a bit, uh, but I'm enjoying this tonight. So I look ahead to Leipzig. I'd like to actually say to you, because you, you talked about it, we went in full of confidence in that game, and uh, or we should have done. And like I'm not, like I, I don't profess to watch German football every week. I know they're a good, good side. Um, 
and they proved it uh, last week. Uh, I honestly thought that their front four that played against us could walk into any front four in the top, the EPL, or the Spanish League, whatever. I, I thought they were excellent. I I think I was a bit naive thinking that, I think most of us did the same. We're all looking at that Shakhtar result and thinking, ugh. And then we watched us play Shakhtar and should have beat them and thinking, ugh, we'll do them mm-hmm. if that's the case. And uh, I, I got a bit of a fright, to be honest with you. I know some didn't, uh, but I think a lot of people might have been like me and a bit naive and just looked at that result and said we should be beating them. Um, I thought they were a top side. So do you, how do you, how do you come away for the Real Madrid game? Where we got a trouncing, and it's and and it's not and not you specifically, just people in general. I don't know if you did actually come away and say, "Well, listen, it's the European champions. That was a good performance. Um, we played brilliant for sixty minutes, but it just wasn't to be." But then play Leipzig and say, "That's not good enough. We should be better." Because for me, Leipzig looked a far better team in that game against us than Real Madrid did. Um, so, what's your thoughts on that? Two different levels, are Willie. <laughs> Two different levels. I mean, the Real Madrid game, it's a freak game. It's a game probably back in the early 2000s, you'd be like, we could probably take something from that. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them ones, that, the paradise and all that kind of intimidation factor, you're like, maybe. But the proof far too good for us. And I think it's a bit bit harsh to say RB Leipzig were better than Real Madrid. I, I don't I don't see that at all. I thought the biggest issue for us against Leipzig was, was our pressing and our tactics. Yes, we played well in fits and starts against them in the, in the first half, but we were nowhere, nowhere, in my opinion, near how we played against Madrid. The reason why I was confident getting into the RB Leipzig game was, as I said previously, transition period. They're four weeks under their new, co- new coach, Marco Rosa. What well, a coach who was actually interested in joining us at one particular time as well before Pasta Cogli got the job. He's like that period of transition shouldn't be complete in four weeks. So there's, there still should be areas of weakness that we could exploit. We could get through. We could try and take the game to them. And we did in, at occasions. That's fair enough. But when you see gaps, in the, like as I said before, you look at the still pitchers, Willie, and you see the, the forwards pressing and the Calmax that makes like this far away and then this far away from the defence. They're playing in behind you. Easy. They go through loads of times. Our biggest issue was us in that night, in my opinion. Our own down, like our own downfalls, that, that is down. Yeah, funny enough. Isn't it? But, yeah, I think we could have took something from that game. And I, I know Frank Brennan there, Leipzig are a very good team, far superior on us on several levels. A hundred percent, mate. I get what you're saying. But there's games that we need to try and take a result from. The, the Schachter game was two points dropped. As you said, Willie, we should have took our chances, been more clinical in that game. I thought, in my opinion, that RB Leipzig game, maybe I was a wee bit naive thinking we could get a result easier than I expected. But even watching them, I thought some of the goals were preventable. You look at the, the first one that broke from the box from a Cal McGregor bad touch. Nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen because he has a fantastic first touch. He's chasing back. Then he does his knee. Then they score a goal. And really, it was downhill from there. Do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I think as well, this game tomorrow, and you said it there, I think people have strapped themselves in for the thought that we might get beat again. That's not me being negative, but I think it's it's more and more realism to think that no, they might I come to us. I think that's a fair point. And get a result. Because we've all spoke about it, about the home games are vital. But they tanked us quite easily in Germany. What's going to change tomorrow? Especially if we're missing like a Calmac and stuff like that. I'm hopeful. I think we should go out and try and get a result and play positive and play the brilliant football that we do. But be more compact. Be harder to beat. Make them gaps smaller. Make them play for us. Do you know what I mean? We'll have to be a bit more streetways in European football. 
instead of being, I know Postacoglu saying, oh, this way, play that way, and stuff like that. But I think for my personal preferences, be more compact and still play that kind of style. You, it's, you can do it, tweak it, and just try something different a wee bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here's just a wee point for John. Uh, I know there's been a few asking about the audio platforms, but it looks like John's on the case and, and it should be uh, back and running again. So he's going to listen on, on the train or wherever they work and all the rest of it without going into YouTube. So cheers for that, John, just to keep you posted. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, mate. I, again, but I, I, for me in the Real Madrid game, the, the goals that we conceded were preventable in that game also. Of course. I, to- yeah. I totally agree with you. We didn't play ha- half as well as we did against them, but I just think that Leipzig front four is fucking frightening. I thought they were excellent. And I know we made them, we probably did make them look better than the, the, the well, than they are. But when I was watching it, I just thought this could be the front four of Liverpool or hmm. whatever. They're, they're proper, proper big, big names. And I just, um, for me, anyway, it, my point, I thought I was I was very naive, and it, it was all just looking at that uh, Shakhtar result for them, and and thinking we'll we'll do them. Um, but they're they're a yeah. far scarier outfit than I thought they were. Anyway, I think as well, there's a bit of um, uh, green tinted glasses on. Obviously, the result last year happened against Rangers, so you're thinking the core of that squad is still quite the same. Why can we yeah. not do the same? But they've obviously changed the way they play on a massive, massive scale, built for Champions League football. But I'm not going to retract my opinion that it was a horrible performance from us because I think it was just naive and stupidity sometimes that instead of picking the right times to press and go as a unit, we were doing it individually and no one was tracking, tracking the runners, looking in behind them. Matt O'Reilly, he'd done a fantastic job against Rangers, kind of looking behind him for their defensive midfielder. He didn't do it at all against RB Leipzig. They were just running rad. And I think at one point it could have been anything, if we're honest, that Nkunku and Timo Werner were just running absolutely wild in our defence at times and only for their own kind of lack of clinical shots they would have been probably more ahead that's <laughs> yeah, a fair point <laughs> that's a fair point um, see on, on the back of that I know we were talking about how um, the so we were going in full of confidence and now it seems like a lot of people are saying that tomorrow night we'll take a draw and all the rest of it or we might not get a result now do you think if we went into this game, if this was the first game, if we went in the back of the back of the Rangers game going into this, we'd be feeling the same way? Or do you just think that because we've hit this sticky patch now, everybody's kind of the confidence is low, and then that's what the that's the effect that's having on the team as well? I think more than anything, it's realism, it's reality. I think some of the supporters, maybe including myself, thought we were further ahead than we were. Thought the the process, good, so to speak, was a good point. Was further ahead than we thought it was, and in European football, this level, we don't look at it at the minute. I think as well that to be fair, Frank Brennan, the Leipzig front four, completely ruthless and lethal. I should have been two up in the third. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think as well, cautious approach. I think there is some tweaks we can make around. To be fair, and you look at it, where we've gone in. I think we've begun into this game more confident on the back of that result we had against Rangers because RB Leipzig, let's be honest, they're not in the level of Real Madrid. They're not there yet. I mean, they've got Phoenicia, Benzema, Hazard coming off the bench, dripping, <laughs> that, that squad is dripping in talent. RB Leipzig have a cracking first team, fair enough, but under the underbelly, maybe a bit weaker. But yeah, it's 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 one of them ones, Willie. And I'd be disappointed if we lose tomorrow, to be honest. Yeah. I'd be really disappointed. And I know people are... I seen the build-up start today from the Celtic Twitter saying paradise nights and all that, and yeah. I actually seen a funny thing 
Um, I can't remember his name. I do forgive me on Twitter saying, so who's opposition player we're going to clap tomorrow when we're 3-0 down? Do you know what I mean? That's the type of atmosphere Celtic Park is at the moment, and I absolutely hate it. I hate I'm it. I'm not so sure I agree it, with that. No, no, I hope, mate, you cannot be sitting 3-0 down in a, in a match against any team and clapping them. I, I, Aye, but I, I you really also do. see, this is what I was talking about with the whole, you see a certain no thing chance. in the stats. If you look at, if you look at um, Cross's interview, people take away from that that it was like, oh yeah, he, he respect, they respected us as players and clapped us. But nobody nobody talks about when he says the first 20 minutes we didn't know where we were or what we were doing because the atmosphere was that intimidating. Everybody looks at the other side. I don't, disagree, yeah, I don't but, agree with that at all. But, but man, people just pick honest, out. Right? This is exactly what I talked about earlier. I think people just pick out certain fucking parts of some some quote or somebody's something saying, and that's what they focus on. When there is an alternative as well, it, like you kind of cut out the first part of the, what he said, and he was right. The first twenty minutes or so, we were electric. We should have scored. Calmax should have put it in the top yeah. bag. We pressed them. We were fucking excellent, and I, <laughs> I think the crowd had something to do with that as well. Granted, afterwards, I I hear what you're saying. But I, I just think it's I just think it's pushed part of to say that we always oh it's a, we don't even all I ever seen I all I ever seen I Willie is quotes saying hi Citadine Sedan said it was the best atmosphere in the world Lionel Messi said it was the best aye, atmosphere it's, in the world aye, it's fucking all these players right well, yes it is Tarrant and it seems like to me sometimes the Celtic gets the Twitter play off that and all I want us to be intimidating as you said that first twenty minutes against Madrid the fans were boiling they were all up for it yeah. 100% of Egyptian King, not Disneyland, regardless of the atmosphere. We we need to be going at this food tilt and see if someone claps and cook your team of Werner off, eject them from the stadium, get that out. No chance. Respect <laughs> the players after the game. Respect the players after the game, by all means. But see all this happy clapping because they're world-class players? No. Because I'll tell you one thing for certain, if we went to Leipzig and just, for example, Haxa Banafi's had a good game. The RB Leipzig would be clapping him off after 65 minutes. So, no, do you know I hear, what I mean? No, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I hate this, like you said, I hate this whole scenario where it's like, oh, this is, um, it's not, we say it's an intimidating atmosphere, but it's no, they come and do that, because it's not just that. There's the, like, the other side as well. I totally, I, I understand what you're saying, and I totally agree. Shouldn't they be clapping players and all the rest of it? Um, even so much after the game, showing respect and that, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not into that either, but, what I'm trying to say is it's not that's not what it's that's not what it's all about. That first half hour of that game that was we were the team was electric and Tony Cruz said it himself, as well as saying, Oh, they respected us, it wasn't they didn't give us shit. He also said that first twenty minutes I didn't know where I was. I was turning around yeah. and like there's somebody on top of me in the crowd, I was like, What the fuck's going on? So there is that side as well, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent a hundred percent there's that side of it, but we need to drop do you know what I mean? We need to drop the other side of it and not Noise. We will say ever since 2000 or about our home record and uh, yeah, atrocious and that. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Frank. I think we've dropped it. We'd, oh, there he is. There's a happy clapper himself, Anthony's in. <laughs> he clap anyone off the pitch if they played a good game. Get that away. Right, let's go on. Right, let's let's see about the team that's coming up. Um, there's the big news was Jota didn't train the day. Um, <laughs> it was apparently fatigue he came off at half time, but. Uh, turns out he's got a muscle injury. Uh, we're laughing because there was a wee bit in the chat earlier on today. Stephen <laughs> posted it and said, "Oh, look, he's no training because it's uh, fatigue." And I was like, "There's no way he's no training because it's fucking fatigue. He must have picked something up." And then it came later on that he did pick something up. So another wee no argument, but bit of debate in the chat today was as usual. Um, Jens looks like to be back. I'm assuming that you were going to. I'm going to get your team off you anyway, but I'm assuming he's All your right. number one pick alongside uh, CCV. Um, 
you you touched on it earlier as well. Um, Ange talked about how we like we play a certain style. We scored the equaliser on on Wednesday night, and it was only natural to want to have to sit in and kind of defend that or whatever. And he's saying, well, that the way we played there to get that goal has got us in this position. Keep doing that, but mm-hmm. we're still learning mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. I thought it was a great point actually that he made, and it's exactly what you're saying. You don't want like let's like. It doesn't matter who we're playing here. It shouldn't be a matter. Would you score an equaliser against St Johnston and, and sit back? No, you wouldn't. So I think that's something that the team need to recognise, and I think he's 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 trying to do that. What's your team looking like for tomorrow night, and and how do you think we're going to fare? Wow, it's a hard one to be honest because there's so many different <laughs> Frank. There's so many different um, situations <laughs> to throw up. I'll go for myself here. Joe Hart and Nuts. Juranovic right back, Carter Frickers, Jens, Taylor, Abelgaard as the sitter, Hatate and O'Reilly. Up top, I would go in the middle, uh, Jakimakis. I would go left, Felipe Yada, if he's back from his uh, bedtime nap. And then on the right, I would go Dyson Mieta. <laughs> After bashing him? <laughs> oh, no, nope, only, be- only because... only. Be- only because, Willie, we need that extra defensive protection. And one of his stats is, in terms of winning duels back in the, in our own half, he's the highest. So we need to think about it like that. What do you... So no Haksabanovic? No. no. I think the only the only issue is for me there, I would play one or the other, O'Reilly or him. And only because O'Reilly's been a mainstay on the team, he gets it from me. He's been in there more. He, he knows the players more. Maybe Haksabanovic would get that position further down the line and O'Reilly fighting for it. Then you've got Turnbull coming into the equation, who is apparently back tomorrow as well. So the depth is coming back in the number 10 position. But just for tomorrow, it'll be um, O'Reilly. Hopefully Turnbull does come back. Um, I have no idea what he's going to go with tomorrow. See, after Saturday, and even like just like playing O'Reilly in the six and that as well, it's totally thrown me. I have no idea what he's going to play. Well, did you notice goal. as well? Did you notice we changed formation twice in that game from a 4 3 3 and ended with a 4 2 3 1 with Abelgard and Moy sitting, or Abelgard and McCarthy, sir? I, I think Moy, I, because I think Moy, I think he brought Moy on. I think somebody said it in the chat actually, early doors, that I think he brought Moy on to play the number 10, but he ended up playing, like you said, the end of his fucking own box, clearing balls all day. So yeah. it's interesting. I, I, I really hope, anyway, whatever he's going to do, I, I really hope the number six goes to Abelgard or or even Moy, uh, I don't want to see O'Reilly in there and, and w- mm-hmm. whatever else. But uh, Haxabanovic really impressed me the other night, but I agree with you. I think O'Reilly is he's our mainstay number 10. Um, I'd love to see Gigi, but I can't see it. I think Kyle will start. I think that's the reason he didn't play at all um, on Saturday afternoon. But I totally agree with you with the back line. Um, yeah, I, I think if your team went out there, I wouldn't be too disappointed. But what do you think the result will be? And what would you be? Would you be disappointed with a draw? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'd be disappointed too. with a draw. Um, conservative. Um, I know we hit that word, conservative, especially in Scotland. Uh, I would go... <laughs> Everybody I would go, <laughs> I would go 2-1 Celtic. I, that's all shit. That, that's why I'm going to stick a fiver on the morning. Yeah. Right. It's it's, uh, one, it's one of them ones, to be honest with you. I'm absolutely shite myself because I have a funny feeling we'll go into this game after the Champions League music and me and my grand always look at each other and be like, 10 minutes. 
they'll score a goal. <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of them things. Last week, I was, you seen me in the chat last week, I was absolutely buzzing. I was, I was like, yep. we're going to get the result tonight. And then after about 20 yep. minutes, I was like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Hold on to your hearts, man. Um, no, I think I think we'll get a win. I think I think we are bringing back the, the, the thunder, so to say, at Parkhead. And um, I think it'll be a different outfit you'll see tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well. Do yeah. you think, we were Stop talking me. about it in the chat as well, see, just, just to round it off. Are you, would you... We're all we're all wanting that second place, but we, I, do you think do you think we're thinking too far ahead of ourselves? And do you think third place is? Would you be happy with third place? I would settle for third place. Aye, that's probably the best. I want us to use I. I want us to aim for as long as we can for that second place. I, I think admitting defeat this early on, even though we've had a, a couple of bad results, is a bit foolish because if we click the gallery and there's a few results, especially against Shakhtar, we can get. And who knows, maybe by a fluke of God, a draw the burn of the burn of against uh, Real Madrid. Um, Frank Brandon, like or not, Ryan, the crowd are going to get offensively and nervy and edgy if you play a cautious game, point. as you say. And then on the audible, audible groans for misplaced passes and then the players will suffer. Yeah, the game plan for me can't change. But what I, what I always suggest is the gaps need to become shorter. So be more compact, go as a unit, attack as a unit, defend as a unit, and that means the striker coming back as well and helping out at, yeah. in some occasions. Do you know what I mean? Instead I think, of leaving uh, two or three, two or three up top. I think, I think CCV coming back in is massive for us as well. I think that could be the turning point. So fingers yeah. crossed. Sport them all the way anyway. Um, ran on a wee bit. It's usually about an hour, but we've we'll, we ran on a wee bit more with the chat because uh, me and Stephen love to debate and argue with each other. Yes, but I've really enjoyed it tonight, mate. Um, Super 6 code as usual get on it we need to keep sh- making sure that Franny doesn't win uh, Beer 52 remember get your stuff it was good I don't even like coffee and the coffee flavour one was fucking dynamite it was as well. it was, it was really good like... <laughs> so it was. Uh, aye keep go- uh, we're going to keep going the stats drop stuff's great uh, really interesting totally different to what we kind of do here with the with the, with the, the chat that we've got it's like um, people that actually kind of know their stuff about football rather than this. Um, it's really interesting, guys. Really, honestly, check that out. There's more coming. We're back again Friday night, the usual time, 8 o'clock. Um, come on to Celtic, Stephen. Take 100%. it away. And until Friday, stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>